I want to talk to you about um, what video can do. What video? Are you okay? Yeah. You sure? I want to talk to you about what video can do in the non-for-profit sector. I did some research, and uh, I found some interesting articles um, about some of the things going on in the non-for-profit sector. Some of those were uh, the first. The first things that came up when we talk about associations um, is 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 how committed they are to their constitutions because every non-for-profit has a constitution. I mean, every every organisation has a constitution, but generally, if you're a for-profit business, the first part of the constitution is to derive a positive result for shareholders. When you're a non-for-profit it's to derive a positive result for the purposes of the constitution, which is generally to give, to give something. But when you look at non-for-profits, I mean, it's a, it's a really, really big span of non-for-profit industries. Um, in fact, what I thought was a non-for-profit, I, I really, really, my whole view changed because, you know, you have a lot of medical research non-for-profits for almost every disease. Um, there is a, a, a chapter of, of organisations that are devoted to non-for-profit research. Everything that they do goes into creating research. When most loved ones lose a child through to some disease, they normally create a non-for-profit. So, so the span is huge because then you think about human aid. One of the organisations that I work for is the largest Islamic don donation fund. Now, they are, are not. I would say that I would say they're an Islamic-based charity, but it's not like they don't accept donations from non-Islamic people. Um, and it's not that when they distribute aid, they don't distribute to you know not non-Islamic people. They distribute to everybody who needs help. Um, and they raise all their funds to go to third world relief countries whenever there's a war. You'll find that they release a new promotion. They run a concert every couple of years. They have a lot of massive appeals. They they have they go to New Zealand and they go to the abattoirs and they make canned meat and they send container loads over to to, to countries of aid. And you know that their, their their turnover is publicly listed. Um, and and as an organisation, um, they have one of the lowest cost bases. So, you know, I think with different organisations, different non-for-profit organisations, some of them operate at 60% of costs they pay to their staff and then the balance goes to aid. So for every dollar you, you spend or the dollar you donate, 40 cents gets to where it ought to get to. And every organisation has costs. Anyway, these guys' cost base is like 17%. They're working for nothing, right, to, to, to make sure that every cent. So the span is huge. So building trust is massive because even though they would operate such fine cost bases, and basically the people showing up are showing up for the for for the for the sake of helping, um, they get picked up. Someone will say, "Hey, you know, you're driving a Lexus. Why are you driving a Lexus? Should be driving a Toyota Corolla. How can you afford a Lexus?" Are you uh, are you benefiting from this in any way? Are you why are you flying business class? Um, 
is the money, are you distributing the money to uh, organisations that you have an interest in? Um, you know, one of the challenges with this organisation is, is when you're distributing aid at such great levels, millions of dollars of aid to, you know, famine relief kids in, you know, uh, you know any, anywhere across the world, when you get to those countries, you can't pull the money out of an ATM. You've got to take a bag of cash. You've got to give it to the local guy. The local guy's got to give it to another local guy, and you do your best to try and understand and make sure that that money's going to get to where it gets to, and then you go and investigate and make sure all the money's been spent correctly. And, but, you know, these people are living on the back of a camel. You know, they're not going to pull out their Mac Air and give you a report, right? So, so trust it's huge. Every there's there's so many people that would look at that scenario and say, "Well, I question whether the money's getting there." Banks will turn around and say, "You know what? I don't want to deal with you because we have concerns that once you go to some of these Arabic countries, the money doesn't end up going where it gets to. And how can you give us a hundred percent assurance that it doesn't end up in bad hands?" You know. So you've got all these battles to deal with, especially when your cause, when your constitution is good. There's a lot of barriers to deal with. So another barrier that came up was gender. Non-for-profit organisations being picked up because they're not gender neutral. They're not, you know, in fact, at BNI, they said to us that we had a big problem this week because they said that we've got eight women out of 60 members. We had to do something about it. You know, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. I mean, most uh, there's a, there's a drone operator, there's a builder. I mean, I don't like. Uh, I'm not against any females taking those roles, but it is just the way it's happened. I don't know if we need to pay attention to it, uh, but people want to draw attention to it. Now, what do these non for profits do? You know, these non for profits, believe it or not, they they have to take employment practices liability. Right? They're trying to run their cost base, but they still have these little internal issues of bullying and all this sort of stuff. Um, they pay low wages. How do they attract staff? How do they attract people into these organisations? You know, they have, I would have to say that it might be easier for them to actually operate a for-profit business, but the essence of who they are is that they want to operate a non-for-profit. So, I feel like the uh, the importance of building trust is even bigger than it is for non for 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 profit business. And I was keen to get your thoughts on what you think of all that. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's that's a lot a lot of challenges um, that you have just described. Well, I guess let me talk a bit about video first. Yeah, and then we can, can combine both yeah. things. Um, video as a communication tool allows you to connect in a completely different level than any other tool. Video connects at an emotional level, right? So you can not only see what's going on, you can hear the message, but then you can connect emotionally with whatever is happening, right? So video has a full potential that great potential to build trust because you can portray scenarios that cannot be portrayed any other way. For example, if you want to go to Africa 
and see what's going on there. The most effective way to do it is to get you in a flight, you know, fly you there, you experience Africa, and you see, wow, this is what's going on here. The closest one to having that experience is to go there, document with video, you know, talk to people, get their experience, you know, create, capture some video footage and then put it in a video for you to get a closer experience to that. Mm. So video as a tool is the most effective tool to communicate at that level. Now, when you have trust challenges, right? Why video is so effective? Because video um, allows you to show that reality as close as you can, right? So for example, I guess that if you start from the beginning, from the, if we go and talk about the nonprofits, right? And we talk about their constitution, right? How are we communicating our constitution to our staff? How are we communicating our constitution to the government or to the public in general? So most companies, they have a written document, right? But they have to read and they have examples and you know, probably different policies there. So video could help you portray that in, in a way that you will not only understand it intellectually, but you will connect with that at a more, more emotional level. So video can help nonprofits provide a better understanding of their purpose, of their cause, and the value that they're offering to the community, right? So that will allow people not just to have a better understanding of what they do, but build a bit more of trust from the beginning, right? Because then you see the people that are behind these. You can learn about the stuff. You can see that they are real people, right? You can see that there is an infrastructure behind this. There is an office. There is a space, you know? So you can show who you are and why you should be involved with my cause by showing who you are, right? But then when, when money is donated, right? The money has a journey, right? It's a journey, right? From when you give the money away, from when the money is processed, when the cause is identified, when the funds are invested, and then finally, when you have results of the money. So a really good way to build trust is to document the journey of the funds in a way, right? For example, if you run an event where you are, you know, uh, collecting funds, a really good way to, to show what the event is about is to fill the event and interview people, collect stories. You can collect stories from, from the attendees who will say, look, I'm involved on this because I know this works. I know what these guys are doing. You can interview people that are donating funds to say, look, I have been donating for 10 years and I know I can trust them because I have seen the results. So I guess in this scenario, the trust comes from the same people that are donating and are endorsing uh, the organization. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that organizations make is that they talk about themselves and they share their values themselves in a way that 
a very self-reference. Like if I'm here today and I talk to you, look, I'm, I'm the most honest person in Sydney or I'm very caring, right? Yeah, sure, right? I mean, I'm talking about myself, but what if one of my clients come and say, you know, Christian is very caring, you know, he's very honest, he's very authentic. It's a different message. So capturing the capturing people's comments and views on the organization are fundamental because then you have a third party endorsing what you do. Mm. So that's one part of it. Yeah. Then when you have fans and the fans go to Africa, right? And you have volunteers there, you know, producing activities, or you have organizations that are receiving the funds. You can go there and document that as well. But it's all about interviewing people, capturing those stories, and then um, supporting those stories with real footage, right? That we show um, the scenario in which the funds have been, you know, um, invested. So then you can have testimonials from, from the people that are receiving that, saying, you know, this is our situation. Um, if it wasn't because of the funds, we couldn't do what we're doing now. And then again, you can talk about the past. Say, look, we have been with the challenges for the last 10, 20 years. And if it wasn't because of this organization, we wouldn't be where we are today. We have helped, you know, 200,000 children with these funds. We have, you know, provided meals to, you know, half a million people over the last five years because of the funds that people at home are donating. So all these stories can help build trust and showcase where the money is going. So I guess how video work is affecting perception of the audience, mm. right? At the end of the day, you still have to have the reports, right? But video as a tool can help with the perception that people at home will have about what are you doing with your, with your funds, mm. right? And how do you do that? By collecting the stories. So as I mentioned before, that step, that steps was you go there, you interview the people that are receiving the funds, and then what you do, you come back later when the funds have been implemented, right? And you say, okay, show me the results. And then you go and interview the children. And then you go and interview the teachers at those schools that have been built. Yeah, and full you, circle. Yes, and you interview the families that, you know, they have received, they have received support. But they say, thank you. Thank you to all of you at home because because of you, you know, now we have something to eat because of you, we build a hospital. And this is a hospital, by the way. And we have helped, you know, 200,000 people with, you know, with disease that couldn't be cured any other way. You have saved lives. So video will allow you to showcase what you're doing with those files and build trust and affect the perception in people. Um, I wish I asked you a smaller question so that I could actually comment along the way. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to go with the whole thing, right? So um, it's okay. I've got I've got a couple of things I want to ask you. So help me understand. I know I know a little bit about you and some of your um, deeper um, aspirations in life, and I do recall that one of your dreams is to um, through creative creations once that's up and running is to actually go and create videos that. Um, either display or allow other people to create their own videos 
um, or you give away a free video once a year. Or can you remind me um, one of your? Oh yes, well that's a project we have for the last couple of years. Yeah, we haven't pushed that lately, but that project is that we were giving away one video a month for charity. Uh, and that project was about, we do a piece to camera where the charity will have to apply. So we have sort of a contest uh -huh. and then we will record that video in our office. Um, and we did a few of those in the past. They had great results because what we did was to create just a piece to camera for actually for charities mm -hmm. to say, look, this is who we are. This is what we are all about. This is our cause. Mm -hmm. Please help us because this is the impact you will make mm -hmm. in people. Mm -hmm. um, one of those companies was uh, Civic Disability Services. Uh -huh. And I have a very good story with them because we produced the video with our TV presenter. And after like 12 months, I was a, at a networking event. And then Sally, someone from across the room said, Christian, and she came running towards me and said, Christian, you don't know me. I forgot her name, but she said, look, I'm the head of fundraising for civic disability services. Since we had that video, now we have 100% conversion rate when we go and talk to corporates about funding. Wow. He said, we used to have like 25, 50%. Mm. Now what we do, we use the video we send it beforehand, uh -huh. and then we go and talk to them. Uh -huh. And then after we speak, after we started implementing that, we go there and we have 100% success. Wow, and that's for that's corporate sponsorship. So yes. these organizations, if they, you know, if they had a process, they could they could contact for-profit corporations, send out a video, just to just to allow the, that that organization and their budgets to see who, who they're going to pick to provide money to for that annual charity event. Um, and then they could go and use video to open corporate donation doors effectively. Yes. So how, how this works is that when charity organizations or nonprofits go to ask for funds to corporates, right? I guess, they have a document that explains everything, their goals, what they do, what they're looking for. And then we we'll set a meeting and we'll discuss, right? What we suggest is that you have a 60 to 90 second video mm -hmm. where you explain your course. Mm -hmm. And then you send that with a very compelling message in the video. For example, this video was, I can't remember, was something like, do you know that 100,000 children sleep on the street every day? Imagine one of those children was your children. Mm. Would you like someone to help them? Mm. So then it's about telling the story. And they're saying, look, we are looking for this. If you help us with your support, we can go out in the streets and help children. Mm. Right. So you send that first to create that emotional connection that I mentioned before. Yep. And then you go with the hard numbers, right? And this is something I speak as well, usually is that the buying process is an emotional process. It's not logical. So video allows you to sell your idea 
or your project or your course at an emotional level. So video will be the first part of connecting with their, uh, with connecting with your audience at an emotional level, and then you can send them a document saying all the numbers and stats and news. Yeah. So, um, the, but the key is having number one a video strategy. Yes. Because the video strategy is about the positioning, who you're targeting, how to overcome the obstacles. So if you knew the obstacle was how do we build trust in, in helping people believe and understand the process and the journey of where the money's going. You know, you took us through a journey of um, talking about the cause, going to show them, you know, the, the issues, seeing how the money's spent, interviewing the families. There's a strategy that goes with supporting each of these hurdles. And so sitting down, determining what are those hurdles, how do we overcome them? So tell me more about the strategy. Now I understand how effective video can be. Well, I guess we have to go into the client's mindset. In this case, your supporters, so the people that are donating, right? Or your sponsors. Um, people who want to be involved in our organization, they want to know three things about you and your organization. Number one, are you the expert? Mm -hmm. Are you the expert who know about this subject? For example, if you are providing support in housing, for example, I want to know that you really know your stuff, right? That you are the one who will build the most affordable, sustainable houses for these people in this place of the world, Yeah, right? So that's the question number one. Once I know you are the expert, I want to know who you are and why I choose, I should support you. Yeah. Right? Uh, what are your values? What is your purpose? Mm -hmm. What is your constitution? Right? Mm -hmm. What do you stand for? Are your values aligned to my values? So once I know that, of course, now I know you are the expert, then I know who you are and why I should support you. The last question is one of the most important ones which is, okay, now, can I trust you? If we are able to answer all those three questions mm -hmm. effectively, that person is going to become a supporter yeah. in my time. So how do we do that? We do that with video. And to achieve that, we have a framework. We have a strategy, right? Um, we believe that the first video that every company should produce is a video that will explain who you are and why people should engage your services, or in this case, why people should support your organization. So this is, is called a profile video. So your profile video is your company or your organization profile, 60 to 90 seconds, that explains the fundamentals of the purpose of being in business, and explains the benefits that you offer to your clients. So that's the first video. And that video should go on your website or it should go as well on your main profiles on social media. Uh, the second part of this strategy is to create a video that will answer the question, can I trust you, right? And this video, the, all these videos are case studies. So case studies are real stories of real people that you have already served. 
In this case, it would be the families that you are helping directly there in their environment. It would be the organizations where you are providing funds, right? For example, uh, a local council in in Africa or yeah. you know Southeast Asia um, or South America as well, right? Uh, so it's about going there and interview them and create these uh, case studies that will tell the world the benefits that they are receiving from your funds. And these are really important videos because here you can address any objections that someone might have to use your services or to support your cause. For example, if someone thinks that one of their main objections is that I don't know where the funds are going. You go there when the funds are going mm. and you ask them the question, right? Say, what will you tell people that believe that, that these funds are going nowhere? And the same families would say, look, if you think that, look, this is my reality. You have changed my life. Yeah. And that's a very strong message. Yeah. Right? Um, and then you can have like third-party supporters, right? You might have trusted people that might say, look, I have been working with this company, with this non-profit organization for the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and I know what they do. You can get personalities, right? You can get people from the TV to support to endorse them. So endorsements are highly valuable as well. And then lastly, uh, how do you show expertise? Is by creating educational content to educate um, your audience or your supporters or your clients in an area of your expertise. For example, if, if you help people in healthcare, for example, with all the knowledge that you have, you can help people by creating 60 to 90 seconds educational videos in those areas. So you give away free knowledge to showcase that you are the expert in that area. That's really interesting. Educational videos in charity. I mean, I know with what I, what I do with insurance and risk management, I can give away ways of them mitigating risk. But what would an educational video be or what would a title be for a charity? if it was educational. Give me a industry, give me a, a real case. Let's let's say um, a world famine aid, uh, like uh, starving children in Africa, um, or yeah, starving children in Africa, what would an educational? All right, so what would they be expert at? They would be an expert at making sure that enough funds or, or that I suppose more of their funds were effectively being used to create and choose, oh, I know one, um, how they would prioritise how money would be spent to try to resolve um, starving children in Africa. How I mean, the process of how you would determine is it water, is it food, is it education, how do you know how to spend it? Like that would be an interesting. So which level of expertise? which expertise they should have to be able to get the outcome? Would have to be, it would have to be information on the ground. It would have to be talking about what are some of the medical problems? What are the reasons that these medical problems are occurring? Is it water? Is it clean water? Is it, is it shelter? It would have to be um, definitely speaking to medical authorities on the ground and understanding what is the problem. All right, so they should be experts at 
subjects related to clean water. Yeah. Shelter. Yeah. Uh, food. Uh-huh. Ele- electrical supply. Uh-huh. Right. So then you have four topics. You can have one topic per month. Right. right. You say clean water. Do you know that, you know, uh, 80% of the population don't have clean water? Mm-hmm. Then you have an educational vehicle around okay. clean water. Right. Do you know that, you know, for three tips to generate your own clean water if you are out in the wild? We know this because we work with children that don't have water yeah. in Africa. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Wow. So there's a whole suite of educational that will showcase, wow, these guys know about this subject. Yeah. And then that educational video will show me that you are the expert mm-hmm. in the matter. And you will be you will be educating me in knowing that wow, mm-hmm. there's something going on here. Maybe I could help. So for more information, visit our website, right? I go to your website and then I learn about who you are, what you do, and how I can help. It's amazing how deep education runs with respect to helping people understand. Um, when you ed- when you can educate people and they learn the vocabulary and learn about the problem, they become more emotionally connected to the problem because now they understand. And then the process of then um, asking for help in respect of these problems is now now the problem is known and understood and and they emotionally connect with the problem through some of the other videos it leads them down a, a really progressive path of support and um yeah I, I had no idea how well that would come together for a non-profit yeah it works the same way right because when you are producing your own educational videos what we do is that we create awareness about the problems that I might have no idea they exist within my business. So now you are telling me the same thing, but we world problems, right? And because I'm here in the comfort of my Sydney, you know, of my house, my business, I have, look, many people have no idea about this stuff. Mm. Many people have money and they want to help and they just don't know how. Mm who they can trust or how. So if you start educating the broader audience with what's going on out there, you you start creating consciousness. And with that, I'm aware of the problem. I cannot ignore it. And if you are the one showing me the problem, I'll be the one going to your website to look at the profile video and then those case studies with those children saying, you know, thank you for your help. Mm. Yeah. Man, I have a newfound appreciation. I mean, even though I use video, even though I absolutely follow the Christian Trujillo video system, um, in, in a, in a uh, for-profit um, sector, and, you know, there's a deeper, deeper connection that I obviously have with wanting to protect people, which isn't a, a for-profit um, but seeing that actually play out, the Christian Trujillo video system play out in a non-for-profit scenario, it's just seamless. It really, really is. Um, so could people walk away um, with a strategy and 
some of their own tools to help them create these strategies because you know if they can't afford for um to, to fly uh, you know an expensive video team over to another country uh, in a third world country like if they couldn't do that could they learn the skills to be able to do that themselves yes well there are videos that could be produced by them uh-huh. and there are videos that should be produced by a professional videographer okay. right uh, all the educational videos I always recommend that organizations learn how to do them themselves Uh because it's ongoing content. Mm -hmm. So for the next 12 months, we should at least, we should be producing at least 52 videos, one video a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But your profile videos and your case studies, ideally you want them very well produced to capture those stories and then showcase, you know, the reality and make them compelling and, engaging with the right music, the right colors, the right everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we help clients learn how they can produce their own videos. And in a way, the same techniques that you learn to produce your educational videos, you can use them to produce profile videos and case studies. Mm. Um, I don't recommend that, but if you have no budget, at least you can do something with it. So mm. that's a good start. Now, Nonprofits have a great opportunity here because corporates are hungry for content, especially certain industries, right? That they need to show how much they care. So large corporates today, they have their fundraising you know, teams, and they have their social responsibility departments and projects that they have to implement every year. So large corporates like banks or, you know, the large uh, accounting firms, they need to create ongoing content uh, to create their own internal campaigns to inspire their team, Mm. uh, to showcase how much involved they are with the community and helping this world. So large corporates have a budget for that, right? Um, So the opportunity for charities is to create a strategy, a video strategy, and present it to the corporates. Because the corporates can help fund the documentation of these stories. Yeah. If you get the corporates on board, um, the corporates will finance the production, right? Yeah. And the non-profits will get high-end videos, and then they can use to get more funds, more help. Yeah. Um, create a better connection with with the community, yeah. reduce the risk, yeah. right? Yeah. And the corporates will get branded content that, helps that they could use to inspire their staff, yeah. to run their own internal campaigns, yeah. and use it for marketing purposes. Yeah, um, the, 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 the large corporates um, yes. who have staff, that, I mean, most people, or a certain percentage of people have a connection with giving and um, if if my staff knew that some of the money that they were making for the business was being reinvested in a good cause, that would definitely create better retention. Yes. Um, it's a win-win. Tell me about the take-up of video today. Can you rephrase that? Yeah. So tell me about how people can, sh- uh, how much people, like what's the, 
proportion of people soaking in video on social media and in comparison to articles and emails and well 20 years ago 25 years ago if you spoke with a lawyer and with a non-profit and you told them look you need a website they would have told you look we don't need a website we do all our work you know face to face it's about relationships websites are for marketing companies for media companies today you wouldn't start a business without first knowing the URL <laughs> and the URL yeah, of your name is available. Is available. <laughs> sure. You do that first and then you name your business. Yeah. <laughs> so the market changed. Yeah. But the market has changed again. Right. I expect that in a couple of years, you wouldn't start your business without having a video first. So that would be the same as, okay, I need to build a website and have my video and then I'm going to launch. Yeah. I went to this uh, Google seminar a couple of years ago and they said, we don't go online anymore. We live online. Mm. We spend more time on our phones than on any other device, on computers, TVs, you know, reading the newspaper. So everything is on the mobile phone. So we are not communicating with our audiences without video on our mobile phones or mobile devices, we are we are gonna stay behind. So video engages like nothing else. Video gives you 88% retention compared to 10% of text. Right? 88% retention instead of 10% sorry it's 95 I'm 95 compared with 10. Wow. Wow. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so video gives you 95% retention compared with text. They give you only 10%. Mm. Right? When you share videos on social media, that's 1,200% more engagement than text and images combined. Right? So if people are sharing videos out there. Yeah. Now, we are very close to the peak of this. This is going to start declining now, right? So. Really? Yeah, because now everyone is doing videos, right? So that's why it's so important that that companies take action. Yeah. Because like social media, like LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the big thing now. But in three or four years, something else is going to show in innovation, right? So that's why we need to be ahead. We need to keep moving yeah. fast. Yeah. Same is going to happen with video and with the way we communicate. Today, video is still there at the top. But once everyone moves into video, someone could put a photo there, it's gonna be what, you different, right? Yeah. So yeah. we are at the peak, and this is not gonna last that long. Mm -hmm. So that's why the companies like yourself who are already implementing this, yeah. you are ahead, right? So, um, and that's not to mention the fact that, you know, there's a, there's a viral connection on social media that maybe because a strategy hasn't been implemented that if the staff in some of these non-for-profit organizations were on LinkedIn and they had content to repost and reshare and that every person in the organization was linked and reshared that content, yes. that that content would go so much further and deeper into some corporates and key people that they want to get the message out to. And before you know it, once those messages infiltrate 
that network when marketing budgets are being set and determining which charities are going to support those videos would have hit the ground and and they'll be a talking point of a lot of you know budget allocation meetings and yes. and um you know i don't think that charities are, are probably i don't think they've got a handle on that but once the content is created and available that will just be a natural progression and they'll be able to filter that content through and really get some amazing reach Yes, I, I guess the opportunity for the opportunity for charities is number one to start educating their audiences about the real problem. Mm. Right? It's about creating awareness and consciousness. And charities have been doing this. I mean nonprofits have been doing this. But video, if they use video in the right way, is very is extremely powerful. Mm. Right? Um, talking about themselves or asking for support sometimes i mean there are so many people so many organizations out there asking, asking for support it's about creating a campaign that's compelling and that is focused only on educating mm. about the problem yeah um because then if i know it if i feel com compelled to it i'm going to share that content yeah and then you create this community but again Video is just a tool. You mm. need to have a social media strategy that is, is, is strong enough to support this content because then you start conversations, right? And then you have influencers that come in and you want to keep this communication with your audience because that will help you grow right? your reach, um, help you grow um, the trust within the organization. Because otherwise, you're just putting content out there, right? You, go, you have to have that feedback. It's like when you share that video on your own LinkedIn mm. profile, you got people commenting on it. Yeah. yeah you have crazy. to go back and you have to go back and talk mm. to them. Yeah. So otherwise, it's just a piece of money. Mm. Right. But building that conversation, yeah. with, it, it, it is what's going to get them coming back yeah. to consume the next piece of content. Yeah. Wow. So this is the Christian Trujillo video system for non for profits. What do we want to do with this, man? We want to, we want to get this message out. Well, look, um, we have designed a framework, right? A framework that explains how video actually works. Um, and this is a quite unique framework that we have taken to the US, to New Zealand. We now partner with uh, Sydney University with the Australian Marketing Institute. So we are helping corporates understand video and we have created strategies and methodologies to ensure that you can use video to grow your business. Now, because I have a strong passion on nonprofits and charities, I really, really enjoy that sector. So by the way, my life purpose is to dedicate my life to that in the future, but it's a different story. So we have adjusted this framework to fit nonprofits. So I have created a second framework that has focused on nonprofits and how to help them build trust and how to help them along the entire fundraising cycle from where you start your fundraising activities to when you have completed uh, your projects and you have obtained results. So the idea is to document the entire process 
engage corporates, right, to support the process, to finance the whole thing, and then it's a win-win for everyone. I believe that there's a great opportunity here for nonprofits to use video, uh, not only to grow their fundraising, but also to protect themselves. Uh, because as you as you document uh, the entire um, process of where the money is coming from, where the money is going, and the resource you have, and you have third parties, and you have endorsement from the same people that are getting the benefits, and from you know people that are working alongside your organization, you can build trust, and you can create uh, a different view of what you do in the community. Right? So the perception will change, and then you will get more support. You will reduce your risks of getting a claim, um, and then that will help your organization, you know, save time, resources, and money as well. Yeah. So I guess from here, um, one of the things we have been talking about is how could we work together, right? to identify which are the highest risks in a nonprofit and how we can use video and this framework to safeguard the organization and minimize the risk by creating content that will help build that trust. You know, um, you know, obviously minimizing and mitigating risk for for non-for-profits. Um, has definitely been a part of this discussion. Originally what I opened up with was some of the risks that they face. Um, and I've seen that through increasing premiums that non-for-profits have to pay for their insurance policies. I've also seen the barriers to entry for certain non-for-profits really, really rise. So certain denominations of non-for-profits, if they're geared by a certain religion, have also found it hard to to get insurance, um, you know, and they shouldn't. Obviously, these are these are good, pure cause organisations that are there not to make a profit, but they're to, to help people. So I I really I really struggle to understand why an organisation like that would have any barriers whatsoever to banking, insurance, protection, all those sorts of things. But part of my challenges, obviously, are when I prepare something, um, a submission, a risk submission to go to an insurer to ask them for insurance for, for the protection of the organisation, um, you would expect that. That isn't easy. Everybody would put an offer out, and they should, but they don't. And video has been a strategy that I've been using for a lot of my clients is to, you know, certain some of the case studies that we created for some of my clients I use because the case studies talk about that client's attitude to risk management and that client's attitude, like in proportion, if it was for a non-for-profit, non it would be about the, the cause, um, the integrity of how money moves through an organisation and an organisation's attitude uh, to cyber, data, um, data loss, terrorism, um, all those sorts of things are key messages that would help me overcome a lot of hurdles. They're the key hurdles that I need to overcome that video would help me overcome. And those videos would also be beneficial 
for educational purposes and for, for, the, for the charity's own promotional development. So I see video as a completely integratable um, source for me to help show insurers how we're lowering risk and it will show insurers how we're continuing to build trust because as we build trust, it helps the charitable organisation raise funds to resolve major issues in the world and it will help you get insurers on board to help protect those organisations. In fact, I would even like to say that I'd like to see some insurers even expand the envelope on what they can offer these organisations for the purposes of connecting, emotionally connecting to the causes. Um, it is true that there are risks that I can put out there in the market and I, I get insurers come back and they say, no, here's a standard limitation for what we offer. This is what we're going to offer. So for certain non-for-profit organisations like the one I was sharing with you, one of their key challenges is that the, the money distribution network in some of these third world countries is simply not there. So my clients have to take big amounts of money in cash, in transit, land in these countries, get supported with people to go to these really difficult places and distribute cold, hard cash, right? People's donated cash. We want to be able to protect that cash in every way possible. But if an insurer issues a limitation of $10,000 on cash, then what's the purpose of that? Now, all of a sudden, we've jeopardised the donated funds. We're jeopardising the client in every, in every way. So I have seen in other scenarios, insurers really push the envelope and say, yes, we will give you $50,000 in cash transit. And I think the difference there is the ability to get the insurer to connect with the cause and to understand what they do, how they do it, which countries they go to. And unfortunately, words, like you said, there's a 10% retention rate. And I've got to tell you, I mean, an insurer that I might deal with is looking at submissions all day long. What's going to make a submission stand out from the rest and actually connect with the underwriter is the key here. And I really, really would like to get better results for my non-for-profits. Um, so I really, really want to, because I'm a product of the, 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 the system, the system that you've created, I really like to see a lot of non-for-profits learn about how this can work for them. Yes. Learn how they can get more support and get more donations so that they could actually Give some of these causes a big tick and say, you know, we're actually making so much ground with these causes now because we've got the, the funds. Like I moved away from the risk conversation because, to be honest, the building trust conversation when we were talking made me see so much more success in all these organisations getting more funds and actually contributing to their causes that I moved away from the risk because I just I think it's so profound that an organisation can have that level of reach now and actually hit the ground like that that risk became a secondary thing but look risk is there and um as 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 non-for-profits will grow and as they will um get better and stronger they're going to need better insurance policies and um and i'm going to need better tools to communicate with my insurers to get them better coverage and to get them lower premiums and to get them lower excesses so that they can be more protected and they can have confidence when and and to be able to communicate to their 
their, 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 their communities that they're getting donations about their level of protection and how much their funds are being protected and their causes are being protected. So I think it's a win-win. And, um, yeah, this is, this. you know, we really want to run a workshop um, that helps bring some not-for-profits together and learn about the system. And I know that we're fleshing that out. And this was this was a really key conversation to have because I really wanted to crystallise in my mind the value um, and the many facets of value that non-for-profits will get. So, um, so yeah, I suppose we're going to release this because this was, this was awesome. Very exciting times. Yeah, man. Yeah. So there's a lot to, there's a lot to it. And I think that it's not a complex thing to do or to implement. Um, it requires discipline a little bit, but um, most of this stuff are, so I think this is, there, are, there is a lot of common sense on what we're talking here, but no one has put it together in one package to mm -hmm. explain it, how to implement it. I think the the, the power of, of running this together is to take two different um, pieces of the puzzle, right, that are highly important for the nonprofits, put them together and see how they can potentiate each other to give them a better result in terms of their insurances, their coverage, their exposure, the transparency in the way they run their businesses, yeah. the trust, and then of course they're marketing themselves because this is a whole marketing campaign at the same time that could give them huge results yeah right if they know that they are very well protected and they have transparency and trust it's a win-win for everyone yeah 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 exciting times <laughs> thank you you're welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks, <laughs> You'll hear from us again. Not sure about what he said at the end. What's that? Yeah, in my last comments. Your last comments are beautiful, man.